This is Top Floor, episode 68. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 68. Welcome to Top Floor with Susan Berry. This weekly podcast ride up to the top floor features tangible tips and excellent stories from the experts and characters who elevate hospitality. And now your host and elevator operator, Susan Berry. Welcome to the show as CEO of Accent Ends and Hotel Z. Mandy Farmer is known for her employee first, fun is everything approach to leadership. In fact, the company was recently named one of Canada's most admired corporate cultures. Mandy took the helm of the hotel company founded by her father, Terry, in 2008 after working with him for about 10 years. With an executive team called the Care Bears, a mini disco with a perpetual fog machine, and pillow fights optional, Mandy makes the case that a fun job you love can change the world. Today, we are going to talk about culture-driven business strategy. But before we jump in, we need to answer the call button. The emergency call button is our hotline for hospitality professionals and random people off the street who have burning questions. If you would like to submit a question, you can call or text us at 850-404-9630. Today's question was submitted by Scott. Scott gave a very long explanation. So I'm going to try to uh, abbreviate it if I can. But basically, he says... My small business is ready to hire its first full-time employee. I expect to hire more people over the next 18 months. What are some important things to put in place now so that I'm protected in the future? And what he's getting at here is, you know, if you've got a small team, it's really easy to be relaxed and let things slide. But the more people you add, you may have set an unsustainable precedent. So what do you think about that, Mandy? I think one of the most important things any business should do is set their values. You know, it seems like it's almost something that you should do later, but you know what, if you are just starting to add new people in, make sure that your values are crystal clear and that you hire values aligned people. I think that's excellent advice. What is a value in your company that has been in place from the very beginning? Um, well, we have four, uh, the one that's my favorite is got your back. And so it just means that you have everyone's back, not just me as an employer, but you as an employee are going to have everyone else's back. You're going to truly care for the team around you. That's awesome. I love that. So your first hotel job was as a chambermaid at a bed and breakfast. I think you had to wear like a long skirt, an apron, a bonnet. How and why did you get that job at age 13? <laughs> Man, that uniform was so bad. Um, well, <laughs> How could you work in a long skirt? Oh, anyway, I know. Terrible. And a bonnet. Like it was so embarrassing. Um, it's... <laughs> It's always about who you know. And so this was my first job. And um, I needed the job because I wanted some money to buy clothes um, that were not bonnets. And um, <laughs> so I asked my dad if he knew anyone. And so he did know, uh, he knew the owner of this bed and breakfast. So he was the one that pretty much got me the job and I took it. 
And is a chambermaid the same as like a room attendant in terms of you turn the room over? Gotcha. Yeah. That is a hard job. It was. It was really terrible for a 13-year-old. I was horrified. (laughs) (laughs) How long did you have it? Um, Luckily, I was promoted within a month and I became a bus girl in the restaurant. And I adored that. And I had that job probably for about four years until I uh, was finally working on the front desk. Oh, wow. So no bonnet as a bus girl, I'm assuming. Oh, I did have a bonnet. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) What was this place? So weird. Yeah, it was an old heritage B&B. So they made us dress the part. That is so funny. I've interviewed several people who have taken over family businesses. And there are a couple of common themes that seem to come up. The first is that almost to a person, they say that they never thought they would join the family business, that they were like not interested, went a whole different way, took a totally different path, and then ultimately came back. And then the second is that they sometimes felt like they had to prove themselves like that they were worthy of the job and hadn't just been given it because of the family connection. Did you feel either of those ways when you took over the company in 2008? hundred percent. I felt both of those. I had zero plans to get into the family business. Um, And then once I was in it, I loved it. It was so much fun. But yeah, I certainly felt like I had to prove myself. And luckily for me, I had done an executive MBA leading up to uh, me taking over the company. And so I was just filled with so many amazing ideas and um, leadership, strategic plans. And I was just buzzing with dreams of reimagining the workplace. So as soon as I took over, I launched in and just threw myself into designing a workplace of my dreams. Is there anything that you did as CEO sort of under the auspices of having to prove yourself that you regret or wish you hadn't done? Uh, I think one of my biggest regrets was when I first came along, my dad had his team and I really, really, really tried so hard to make them my team. And honestly, there was just some who weren't going to make it. And I, I, it was one of those cases of it took me way too long to fire them. But again, good lesson to learn. I now know you fire fast. (laughs) So another thing that's kind of a common theme is I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and it almost feels like everyone falls into one of two camps that they're driven by this need for financial security. And, you know, they'll work 20 hours a day to put money away because they hope they're going to retire by the age of like 31 or whatever. So that's camp one. And then camp two, which is what I fall into, is that they want complete autonomy over what they're doing in their workday and would rather eat ramen for the rest of their life and have control. Which one of those two camps do you fall into? Susan, you and I are cut from the same cloth. (laughs) Um, I adore being able to do whatever the hell I want. I just, I adore it. And the fact that, you know, we own both of our brands, we're not franchised, we don't have a management company. It's exciting. Because you can spend your day the way you want to or because you can craft the brands or all of the above? All of the above. You know, I mentioned previously, it it was about reimagining the workplace. So 
Like if you could create any workplace in the entire world, what would it look like? I got to do that. Like, wow, that is so exciting. And not only did I get to do that for the workplace, but I got to do it for my hotels. So, you know, our brands are crazy. They're, (laughs) they're wild. They are not normal. And it's because we got to do whatever the hell we wanted. Do you think that plays out in your approach to work-life balance? I understand that phrase is a little, you know, problematic, but what what do you think about how do you manage work-life balance for yourself and also for your teams? Yeah, yeah, this is it's so important. It's a really really big um part of our culture in that we do not overwork our team. And so to do that, it's got to start at the top. So it means all of our leaders um, no one works more than 40 hours. We don't work weekends. We um, turn our email off on vacations. You are not allowed to check your email on vacations. And we'll know. And we can turn it <laughs> off for you. Um, and so it's just... It's, it's, it's a real priority where it's just not seen as cool to like send a work email at 9 o'clock at night. It's not cool. So and it's a part of our culture. It's so funny to hear you say that. And when we talked to Trina Notman, who is part of your team a few months ago, she said the same thing. And I mean, there is no hotel company on earth that I can think of that has that approach. Every other company that I have encountered, they're sending emails at 9.30 at night, working seven days a week. What do you think you've done from a practical perspective differently to allow for that? Or is it truly a mindset shift? Well, one, I think that you're going to get the best amount of work in in that time. So I don't think they're getting more work done. Um, I actually think that the quality of work that they're getting done, if they're working seven days a week, is probably terrible. And so the quality uh, from my team is way better because they're happy, they're well-rested, they have a vibrant life outside of work. So I think we get a, a much better output from from our team. That makes a lot of sense. Your dad started the brand that is now Accent Ends, of which there are five. And then you added Hotel Z to the mix. Can you talk about developing that brand? I'm so interested in how this happened. Like, is it something that was just you were thinking about for years and years and years, or did it come to you in a flash? Or was it just you saw a hole in the marketplace that you wanted to fill? And it's a little bit of kind of all of the above in the sense that, you know, here I was, you know, um, running accent ins and uh, traveling a lot. And, you know, as a woman, when you're on the road and you're staying at, you know, let's say kind of boring, bland hotels. And like, do you just go out by yourself? Do you go to the bar? What, what do you do? And I just thought, this is so boring. Why are <laughs> hotels boring? And I, I started imagining, well, what would be a fun hotel that I would feel super safe at, that I would feel inspired? So I started thinking about that. And then, you know, I'm a hotel lover. So wherever I go, I always check out hotels. Like I'll just walk into, like I'll check out 10 hotels if I'm, if I'm in a city. And so in San Francisco, I checked out uh, Joie de Vives, uh, Chip Conley's um, hotels, and I adored them. But I must say, I looked at them and went, I can do this better. And then I just started imagining, well, what would I do? Like what wild and crazy thing would I would I put in here? And so it just kind of grew from that. But it started decades ago and probably took me about 14 years to realize my dream. 
Oh, wow. And so for our listeners, Hotel Z, I'm going to describe it and then you're going to correct me. Okay. So Hotel Z as a brand is sort of this mix of like 60s, 70s aesthetic with a modern spin. It's very cheeky, very irreverent, casual. My close, Mm -hmm. what else would you add? Um, I would say like our, our tagline is that we're rebels against the ordinary. So you're always going to be surprised whether it's a diverted bike path that runs through the lobby, um, (laughs) a secret hidden door, you know, where you pull a book and you're suddenly inside a retro 1980s arcade. We've got a fleet of vintage vehicles that are like, you know, seventies boogie vans to (laughs) 1960s VW buses. It is just a constant experience where every corner you you turn your head, it's there's something wild and crazy there. Do you think that travelers are looking for a more casual hotel experience? Like, is this a trend or does it have more to do with sort of your purpose of your trip? You know, I really steer clear of the whole luxury brand myself. Um, I know that whenever I travel, I want to be authentic. And I want to make connections with with the staff uh, who aren't reading a script. So I personally stay away from the the really high-end luxury experiences. Um, So I think it might be a bit of an age thing, whereby the older generations want maybe a little bit more of that formal experience. And then um, maybe the uh, younger generations are looking for a little bit more uh, light at heart. It's interesting. I've talked about this on the show before, but um, I... Uh, Romy Bajwani, who works for CoStar, gave a presentation where he talked about the po- uh, post-pandemic recovery being shaped like a barbell and how the hotels at the lowest end and the very highest end had recovered. And all of that sort of... I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but to your point, the boring hotels in the middle that yeah. are all sort of the same, yeah. we're still lagging behind. So yeah. it, I I almost wonder if it's not a matter of people are looking for something distinctive with a point of view, whether it's super luxurious or super fun like Hotel Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. I like it. You own and manage all of your properties, which is Mm -hmm. extremely unusual in this day and age for hotels. How do you think it changes your priorities to not have to focus on the sort of, you know, five to 10 year cycle Mm -hmm. of like buy, cash flow, Mm -hmm. sell, repeat? What do you, what, how are Mm -hmm. your priorities different? Well, number one, um, my team. So like, I have no problem, again, like mandating that work-life balance where other properties might think, oh, we got to drive them hard. I, I don't have to do that. And, and then I actually see the business strategy, how it actually makes more sense to do that. Uh, so uh, I get to design these amazing uh, work experiences. Um, but also the other thing is that I can take a gamble on something. So here's, here's a gamble, okay? So uh, did, Trina must have told you about our, our nooner at Zed. Okay, so on Valentine's Day, we invite people to give the gift, gift of their sexy selves. And you invite your loved one to check in at 11 o'clock and check you out at, is at 2 o'clock. So it's our <laughs> nooner, which is, yeah, it's been so great. And, you know, we've, we've picked up lots of press like CNN, 
you know, it's just, it's traveled around the world. And every year we try to do something different. So one year we did the baby maker, which is if you conceived a baby, you won um, free stays uh, every uh, Valentine's Day for 18 years. Oh, wow. And that one actually got spoofed on Saturday Night Live. That's so cool. So, So this year, this is where, you know, I don't have to run anything by anyone. I can just go, Hey, let's do this. So <laughs> I found I found this absolutely crazy 1970s van. It's a shagging wagon. It has got shag carpet everywhere on the inside, like all up on the ceilings, and it's got these crazy windows. Like it is out there. <laughs> so this year, the nooner is going to be a shagging wagon. Oh my god, that is awesome. So, you know, something like that, you know, here's a vehicle that I just, you know, on a whim I purchased and now suddenly that vehicle is our part of our marketing. And we know that this is going to go viral. Like who, who has a neuter in a shag and wagon at a hotel, (laughs) right? Like, come on. Well, and if you were worried about your quarterly earnings and stock price and all that stuff, it might be a little less likely for you to take that kind of a chance. Exactly. How would you respond if somebody called you up and said, I want to franchise Accent Inn or Hotel Z? What would your response be? Um, well, I do get it a lot. And I must admit, I, I have a curiosity as to how it would work. And I would love to get my head around it. But honestly, I have bigger curiosities that are bigger than that curiosity. So I've never looked into it. You know, I'm way more interested in um, what is my next hotel? What other fun, cool stuff can we do to make our team's lives better? So it just, it's never really made it as, as one of my priorities. Interesting. We like to make sure that our listeners come away from every episode of Top Floor with a couple of specific, tangible tips that they can try either in their businesses or in their personal lives. Do you think that your culture of fun and putting your employees first could work in a big brand? Like, how could it scale or could it scale? I totally think it could easily scale. You know, it starts with values. Um, you know, and once you've got these these values that that are entrenched and ingrained and you're living and breathing them and you're training on them and you're doing all of this, it is absolutely easy to do this in any location. You know, I think the harder part is just that a lot of these companies, they're publicly traded or they've got private equity and everyone is all about the bottom line. And I think what a lot of them need to realize is, is that this is a business strategy. So while you might pay more money up front, you're actually going to have a better bottom line down the road. That's a really good point. You mentioned this earlier, and I know that your hiring philosophy is to hire slowly and fire fast. What are some of the specific things that you notice that tell you somebody's not a good hire? Yeah, it's all about values. So, you know, I mentioned the uh, got your back, you know, as being like my most important value. So if I see someone where they just don't have someone else's back, that is just a huge, huge warning bell. And um, we will, we will fire fast on that because that's what our culture is. Like we, we have these little communities where you walk on site and everyone is taking care of one another 
wow, it feels so great. And we're a hospitality company. So can you imagine if they're all taking care of each other, imagine how they're going to take care of the customers and how the customers are going to feel when they, when they see it. That makes a lot of sense. Anything else that like, if you saw someone doing, I don't know, X, Y, Z thing at the front Mm -hmm. desk, you'd be like, all right, kid, you're out of here. So one of our values, another one of our values is about being real. So our front desk team doesn't look like probably other people's front desk. So we let people wear their hair. They, they want to wear it. Um, if you have a nose ring or, you know, a neck tattoo, that's totally cool. You're allowed, (laughs) you're allowed to have that. And, um, so, so one thing that we actually struggle with is, um, we call it offboarding and it's when, um, we get people from a lot of the, like the, the bigger brands and they're just so like, Oh, I'm not allowed to, uh, show my real self. And I have to talk in this certain way. And some people can't do it. Like they have a really, really hard time with our kind of laid back, authentic, be real, vibe and so those people don't make it wow that is probably not what you're expecting not at all what i was (laughs) expecting no way when you opened hotel z in tofino on vancouver island did i say that name right yeah yes you did (laughs) you had to include staff accommodations because all of the residential real estate, the affordable properties had kind of gotten sucked up and turned into vacation rentals. Mm-hmm. What is that like to have your team live on property? I've heard of that at sort mm-hmm. of remote locations, like way up in the mountains or something like that, but not for a hotel st- in the style of Hotel Z. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I love it. Uh, and it is really, it's so much fun to go and visit because, um, this is their home now, right? Like where they work, it's their home. And so they take great pride in it. It's absolutely gorgeous. I made sure when we built it, I didn't scrimp on anything. You know, they're so important to me. I wanted to show it in how I built the staff Um, so it looks great. Uh, the other thing is, is that, you know, a lot of hotels, they will be, um, you know, staff needs to use the employee entrance. And we are not like that at all. We actually want our team to come in and use the sunken living room as their living room so that they're now hanging out with our guests and our guests get to actually meet some locals. Um, our team also gets to use the hot tub and the sauna. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And, and so now this is like, it's a great work perk. Um, but not only that, I think it's amazing for our customers because when I travel, I want to meet locals and I've got these beautiful people up there who you're going to learn so much more about Tofino from them than from other tourists. Totally. That's really cool. I'm trying to envision, it seems like it would almost be a summer camp atmosphere, especially like if it's all, a lot of younger people, you know, I bet it's really fun. Yes, it is. And I'll, I remember last year, um, there was this one kid, it was his first time away from home. I remember seeing him on his first day and he was so scared. Right. And, and then I saw him a month later and he had just blossomed. He was actually doing a uh, open mic and uh, singing. And, and I just, I asked him, how's it going here? 
and he said he's having he's having so much fun and you know he he misses his mom but he's just having such a great time and it just it warmed my heart that we got to provide him his first home away from home experience. oh that's so cool i love that he's probably going to end up being like your coo in 10 years or something <laughs> exactly so mandy we have reached the fortune telling portion of the show this is where we predict the future wave our magic wands all that stuff what is one prediction you have for the future of labor relations in hospitality? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that employees are finally going to be rewarded and recognized as the goddamn superstars that they are. <laughs> um, I think we've been underpaying and underappreciating them for far too long, and it's time to worship them. I love that. If you could wave a magic wand and eliminate your biggest headache in running your company, what would it be? Uh, asking the bank for more money. <laughs> just, <laughs> Got just, it. just give it to me. So yeah. you'll just have like a spring that you know pours forth cash yeah. for you to use. That makes total yes, sense. Yeah. What is next for you and what's next for your company? Well, we've always got something going on. So um, this year, we're doing a a complete uh, furniture buy for every single room in the Accent chain. So that's um, almost 700 rooms. So that's a big one coming up. Wow. Um, And I'm also renovating my very first Hotel Z. Um, So this one I did on a shoestring budget because it was my first one in uh, 2014. So I'm now uh, renovating and reimagining it. So... I think this one is a super fun project for myself because I've realized how much I can get away with at the other properties <laughs> and how how big I get to think. So I'm excited about doing that. And um, we've also got some acquisitions that are looking quite promising. So fingers crossed. Ooh, that's exciting. Well, I'll stay tuned yeah. for next ones. I wish you would come south to the States and put a hotel Z in my neighborhood. That would be my favorite. <laughs> okay. Keep me posted if you see one. <laughs> okay. Any, any opportunities? I actually... Maybe... Okay. okay. Well, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, folks, before we tell Mandy goodbye, we are going to head down to the loading dock where all of the best stories get told. Going down. Mandy, what is a story you would only tell on the loading dock? Okay, so I'm building Hotel Z in Tofino, and uh, we have got these crazy showers. Honestly, I started building the entire hotel from the shower. I wanted a great shower experience. <laughs> so they're they're huge. They have the best lighting. The lighting is recessed. It's dimmable. There's uh, like the 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 tile is stunning. It's intricate. All this stuff. And so my construction team had a really hard time with all of our demands on the on the shower. And uh, they're just like, you know, uh, totally getting upset over, you know, the, the dimmables and like the, the research lighting wasn't perfect, didn't line up with the tile. And they're like, do we have to do this? <laughs> and uh, and, and I, I eventually had to say to them because they kept coming to me and I said, guys, this is designed to optimize shower f- um, shagging. <laughs> 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 and they never ever whined about the complex 
complexities of it ever again. They just needed that one little piece of guidance and information to take them down the correct path. That is They were on board. Excellent. Yeah. Mandy Farmer, thank you so much for being here. I know our listeners got some great ideas and some great destinations for their next trip to British Columbia. And I really appreciate your writing up to the top floor. My pleasure. This is fun, Susan. Thank you for listening. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 68. Top Floor is produced by Don Albano, who also composed and performed our elevated elevator music with vocals by Cameron Albano. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues after you leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com. Have a hospitality marketing question? Reach us at 850-404-9630 to be featured in a future episode. 